Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We're joined today by Bruce Hill from the Bruce Hill Group with REMAX One Realty of North Carolina. Bruce has an extensive background in the industry and been a licensed top producer in three different markets prior to his current organization located in the Raleigh, North Carolina market. In addition to producing at a high level, Bruce weathered the storm of the real estate crash by successfully transitioning into the REO short sale market during the industry's darkest hour and then back again, something he says has given him a new appreciation for the benefits and challenges that a new agent must face in today's market. Now, let's welcome Bruce to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. So, Mr. Hill, thank you for taking the time out today to share your uh, storied path to success with all of our listeners. I'm sure there's uh, you know around 100,000 agents that are eagerly listening to learn how you've basically been able to change markets, how you've been able to not just survive but thrive in different economic conditions. I'm curious, um, with the market changes that you've made in the past, what have, what's been the biggest challenge going from one market to another? Because we get that question a lot from agents. They want to say, move up in price range, or they want to move to a state where there's no snow, like Julie and I did you know, years and years ago. Or they just want to basically, we have a lot of folks that are thinking about you know, in essence, I have, we have some coaching clients that are actually moving to Europe and moving to different parts of the world. How do you actually, you know, essentially take a successful practice and then get it going again in a different market? Well, Tim, uh, first, thanks for putting me on on air. This is this is something that's been kind of near and dear to my heart for a while, just because my temperament is the uh, is the type that frequently um, does. Uh, bounce around and 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 seek to uh, seek a, a personal evolution in my my personal life and uh, business life as well. And I, I just recently, just within the last year, uh, did exactly what you're talking about: is went to a new market where I didn't have a single connection. And I would say that that first and foremost, uh, the, what I what I learned over over time and it's only been time and experience that taught me this was that uh that you don't have the luxury of uh dabbling and in buying leads or um spending a bunch of money to get up and running you you have to quickly um uh, build a solid sphere of influence um a, a core um partnership with with other people that aren't in your industry and establish yourself as an expert, and that—that's pretty much my philosophy. Is—is is that's the evolution that I've that I've come to. Is I have to know how to build those relationships immediately, whether it's a new market or or an existing market that I that I had been in previously. You gotta you gotta know how to build those those friendships and those relationships. I like what you said there, and you touched on the importance of obviously building a strong centers of influence and past client 
but you also are living, breathing proof that you don't have to have been from an area. Like a lot of agents, we get emails, you know, coaching clients, and they'll say, well, you know, I just moved to this area, or my husband or wife got transferred, and I don't have a center of influence in past clients, you know. I'm not from hmm. here. I didn't born, aren't born and raised here. But, you know, the truth is you can just easily go out and reestablish that, maybe even, you know, quicker than, like, less than six months you can establish very significant um, sources of business from, like, a centers of influence. Can you talk to the listeners about some of the ways that you've done that in the past? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when, when I moved to North Carolina, it was um, around uh, around February or March a year ago, so so literally one year ago, almost to the day. And uh, uh, I, I would say that the first thing that uh, the first thing that I did is is I got in a couple of really good, really really solid pro groups, um, social groups with uh, with people that. Um, weren't there just to hand business cards out to you just take people's guard down when they know that you're not going to shove a business card in your face, but you're truly there to build a relationship and a friendship with them. As, as a matter of fact, that, that's pretty much my my line when I'm meeting new people is, look, I'm not the guy that's here to shove a card in your face. I, I want to get to know you. Um, we're going to go to lunch. We're going to have coffee we're going to get to know each other. And obviously I talk about my business at that point because you can't uh, ignore the salesmanship aspect of our business. But the other thing that I really did is it, it took me back to having to learn again how to be an open house agent, someone that knew how to quickly build rapport and a a level of expertise with people that I'd meet in, uh, in various open houses. And while I was in the community, um, it, it's not hard to get leads, you know. It took me years to figure out how to get leads, and when I did figure it out, I thought I had to buy leads. But that that couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, so being able to pull a constant, uh, consistent five to, to ten leads a week just from meeting people was uh, one of the most important things that that I that I had to learn, relearn when I moved to a new market. Well, that's you said a couple of things, and I want hopefully our listeners to they're taking notes. So, bottom line here, guys, is listen to what Bruce said. Leads are everywhere. They're easy. They're the easiest thing in the world to find. You know, buying, especially buyer leads, is really just insane because buyer leads, you know, they're just literally everywhere. Um, so, you guys who are paying these big dollars every month for people to send you buyer leads. Uh, you really got to question your sanity because, for example, if you were to join some, let's say, professional networking groups, and um, by the way, coaching clients, this information is all available as part of Real Estate Coaching Essentials. We have a long list on the website of potential business networking groups. I'll give you guys a few names. Um, Not all of these are going to be active in your particular market. So, like I know when Julie and I were selling in Columbus, we were members of BNI, you know, Business Networking International. We are also members of, we actually formed a YEO, Young Entrepreneurs Organization chapter, back when we were young. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, these are all different things you guys can do, and that's just a couple of them. But I know, like in L.A., um, there's a big, uh, a lot of agents I know that do well joining provisors groups. So you guys should, you know, maybe out in the West Coast, you should look into that. Um, So explore what type of business networking um, things there are. And listen to what Bruce said. He also said, you know, obviously you don't want to be networking with real estate people, but it doesn't really do you much good to create leads. 
So really go outside of your way. I, I'm actually thinking of a great coaching client, Bruce, named uh, Ben. And what Ben does, you know, he's a realtor, but he networks with plastic surgeons in L.A. And he's been mm-hmm. able to get himself into the ProVisors group in L.A. that, um, you know, is full of plastic surgeons. So that's a great yep. – he, he sells, you know, three, four houses a month. And they're all big buck houses uh, just specifically because of that. And scaling beyond that, you can also join social um, you know, networking type things. And I'm not talking about online and Facebook. I'm talking about the real ones. You can get involved. Yeah. Like if you have kids, the easiest way to get you know, is to basically get involved in your kids' stuff, your kids' school. But then you can also get involved in, um, I mean, all kinds of different things. I remember um, Julie actually had a coaching client years and years ago. And what she did, this is back when Meetup, you guys know about Meetup.com, when Meetup started coming, uh, was, you know, just in the, the, the business was just taking off and people were learning how to use it and all that. Well, she, char- she formed a Meetup around the type of breed of dog she had at a local park. Well, her little Meetup group went from her and like three other people to like over 100 people. And all those folks were communicating with her about when the next Meetup was. And that became a really powerful center of influence for her to obviously get real estate clients. So, Really, guys. At the end of the day, the business is all the business opportunity. The leads—they're all around you. You just have to be willing to put yourself out there to get them. And we're not asking you to make yourself uncomfortable. We're just asking you to put yourself in a position to be yourself, um, mm-hmm. and then you know, offer your services to help other people. So, what comes to mind as I say those things, Bruce? So, Tim, what you're talking about, especially with Meetup, is so true. Um, I, I came from a market that, that didn't have a big Meetup presence. But it was the very first thing that I landed on when I moved into this market. Um, the first thing that I joined was a meetup group, uh, scuba, uh, scuba divers meetup group. So huh. you plug in to, to certain things that uh, that are that are probably already hobbies of yours, and people's guards are down. You, you're not uh, you're not going to a business networking event where everyone is is just ready to give you their card and not get yours. You're you're going to an event where you share a common interest, which immediately is going to break down the boundaries uh, that, that people automatically have up because you're there to experience an event or a function or something that they already like. Um, outside of the personal interests, um, I've formed a, a small um, kind of core uh, pro group similar to a BNI, uh, but much much tighter where we will actually meet one-on-one with each other at least once every other week. Um, we center that that pro group around after hours where the general rule is uh, if you are in the group, let's say it's five to ten people, you're going to invite anyone and everyone that you know that you've been looking to connect with on a one-on-one level. You're going to invite them to this after hours the the rule is is nobody's there to necessarily pitch our own business, but we are there to pitch our partner's business. And so you, if five, if five partners show up, you have four people that are there to pitch your business. Um, it, it takes people's guards down again, but we're still there to build our our, our center of influence with the uh, with the other folks. We're essentially adding five layers of of a center of influence. With uh, with people that our partners are bringing. Well, let's go back to so, what you just said because I think. Well, Bruce, Bruce just just for a second, let's say that thought and let's just go back slightly because mm-hmm. you said something really at the start there that was really critical that they need to get, and I love it. 
you said basically you joined a scuba diving meetup, um, and that's – you reminded me of uh, a coaching client uh, that – I mean, we talk about David on the radio show. We actually bought a house through him in Austin. And, uh, you know, he wasn't a coaching client when we started using him. He just is somebody we stumbled across, and we liked him enough that we, you know, we knew we just needed to have him open doors for us, so we used him. And along the way, you know, he he knew who we were, and, you know, he was trying to, you know, do his best for us. But he, we quickly figured out that, essentially, David loves golf. And, you know, he was wanting to know how to build his, his practice, and but golf was his passion. I mean, he could, you know, this guy was golf crazy, basically. Um, so we gave him the suggestion that, you know, how often do you play golf? Once a week. Okay, and it turns out that's where he gets a lot of his business from. So what we suggested was he starts playing golf three times a week, which, of course, he was loving hearing, uh, you know. And then from there, the goal was when you play golf, you can't play golf with the same people. You can't just hang out with the same dudes drinking beer. you got to meet. You got to play golf with different folks every single time. And your minimum standards every time you play golf, you have to try to collect three leads. Well, of course, for a while he didn't do it. You know, a couple of weeks passed, and then he starts asking, and then all of a sudden his business literally t- takes off. And Julie and I actually just met up with him uh, two, three weeks ago to look at a house, and his business for the past two years from just working his golf group like we prescribed to him has, like, quadrupled in revenue. And it, it, it's because he's doing what he wants to do, play golf in his case. He has passion for it. Uh, and he's doing, and, and because of that, he's comfortable, and he's around people that have the same passion. And you guys all know this that you know we have the smartest listeners in the industry. And the fact is, is when you're doing something that you have passion for, you automatically are basically, and you're you know you're comfortable. You're you're doing what you love. You're around other people that have the same passion. That breaks through demographics, sociographics. That breaks through income boundaries. That breaks through every kind of social class thing that's out there. You know when uh, Bruce is with us. Scuba diving buddies, it doesn't matter if one of them is a billionaire. They're talking about the coral. They're talking about their experiences around the world where they'd like to scuba dive. So, guys, this is a really, you know, yes, we're giving you permission to do more of what you love as long as you do it with the intent of putting yourself in a position to offer your real estate services to other folks. It's really important that you understand. Like, Bruce, have you ever called Fizbos and Expired? Has that ever been your thing? Absolutely. I have. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you wanted me to say that, but uh, but yes. No, uh, no, no. I'm glad you did. <laughs> obviously, I'm, obviously, I'm glad you did. But there are a lot of people that will basically yeah. like uh, David. We were just talking about who don't. They'll just do one thing and they'll do it well. Yeah. And so you have you have more than one spoke. You have centers of influence and past clients. In addition to that, I'm hearing you say you also are uh, doing direct prospecting, FISBOs and expires. That's great. Tell us about that. So. Fizbos, and I've heard I've heard you say it countless times, but uh, they're essentially just an un, unrepresented seller that's out there, and they need help. A, a lot of times, it's a uh, it's a it's a higher sign that they've put in their yard. And I know help I, I I help wanted exactly. I know that uh, that a lot of people are in different markets where sometimes the numbers are a little more difficult to get get a hold of. But going to those going to those folks and actually knocking on their door has been kind of the biggest benefit to me because I realize that in, in a market like this where um, certain certain markets may be harder to come across listings, there may be a shortage of listings, um, there are going to be 30 or 40 agents that are picking the phone up. But if you pick the phone up and go knock on a door for a for sale by owner or an expired, 
you're going to make more of an impression. And, and of course, the secret is not to do it once, but to do it again, to go back. Uh, they're going to remember you the second or the third time that you communicate with them. Um, and listen, a, a lot of people will talk at uh, a consumer. They'll talk at the expired. They'll talk at the for, uh, for sale by owner. But they don't actually open up a dialogue and have a conversation, find out what the needs are. Why are you a for sale by owner? Why do you think you expired? What experience have you had in the past? Uh, you get people opening up like that, and immediately you don't even have to say anything. They're going to start to trust you. Well, absolutely. And, you know, and guys, the, at the end of the day, unrepresented owners, you know, for sale by owners, uh, most of them, a vast majority of them, do end up listing with agents. It might as well be you. Uh, listen to what Bruce said. There is definitely power in knocking on the door. They won't be surprised. After all, there's a for sale sign in the front yard that they put there. Um, and he also said something else. If you're in a market where there's a lot of prospectors, where there are a lot of people uh, calling, which this time of year there's always a burn-up of folks that are picking up the phone because there's always those agents out there that want to sell their three to five houses, and then as soon as they have them sold, they're going to get back out of the business until next year. You guys know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, you're going to be facing more competition on the phone, so go knock on the door. If you're in a marketplace where nobody calls but everybody mails, which is a lot of the country, you know, people mm-hmm. are free to pick up the phone. Well, then then you pick up the phone and you go knock on the door. That's always going to give you a huge, huge advantage. And remember, most of these sellers, they know they're going to end up listing with the house. They're just tr- listing a house with an agent. They're just trying for 30 to 60 days. And, you know, guys, use the scripts that are on the website, real estate coaching clients, Real Estate Coaching Essentials clients, you absolutely positively have to use the scripts. They're designed to work over the phone. They're designed to work when you knock on the door. They're very, very powerful, proven to work in all marketplaces and all price ranges. If you want to learn more about Coaching Essentials, by the way, those of you who are listening, um, if you choose to use our student approval program, it's only $99 a month, and you can go to agentmillions.com, agentmillions.com. But, and you heard me right. It's 99 bucks a month, our complete coaching program. Plus, you get four semi-private coaching calls per month, and you get one private one-on-one call with one of our coaches. So for those of you who have been on the fence thinking coaching was too expensive, well, you no longer have that excuse. And like I said, when you use the student approval program, literally everybody can get um, into the coaching program, even if your past credit or whatever isn't the greatest, or you can decide just to pay for the whole thing. It's only 2000 bucks. Either way, we've got you covered, so go to agentmillions.com. So let's talk a little bit more about, for example, some of the things that you've learned from uh, prospecting uh, FISBOs and expires. Which do you prefer? It seems like everyone always has a preference one over the other. Do you? I I started on expires, and um, FISBOs will uh, randomly sometimes list in in, in different locations. So they may be, for me, slightly tougher to find, but they're not impossible. Um, Expires, it's so easy to find the expired listing. And a lot of times, if you do a little bit of research beforehand, you can figure out exactly why it expired. Um, I love the ones where I go in and I see five photos loaded on an expired listing, and half of them are tilted or twisted or blurry, or they'll put something in the comments that that would indicate that the seller is, is either unmotivated or will accept all offers because that's just something that, there was some leverage there that the former agent didn't capitalize on. And uh, you never want to throw your your uh, other realtors under the bus, but being able to talk to someone and say, you know what, I, I see something specific that we can work on has always really helped me with, with expired specifically. 
Um, for sale by owners are a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of people are a little nervous about those, but uh, but look at it like a game. You know what? You're, you you um, you're developing a chess strategy when you are going after a for sale by owner that. Uh, you may not get them on the first step or the second step, but if you can guide the next moves that they make, eventually you'll end up with that listing. That's true. I'm going to share with the listeners a little, you know, basically, guys, this is a quick go-through of the essence of the, you know, the way you, this isn't the first thing you say to the for sale by owner, obviously. It's like the second or third thing after you have a little bit of rapport with them. So listen, Mr. Seller, this seems like a great house. You know, and frankly, I have no doubt that you can sell your sell this house yourself. No question in my mind. But let me ask you, why would you want to? So if I were to bring a buyer that wanted to purchase your house, purchase your house at, you know, a great price that resulted in you netting the same, if not more, than you'd be able to get selling it yourself, and I take care of all the hassles with the financing, all the hassles with the inspection, all the hassles with the other, you know, the agents, the attorneys, the appraisers, the candlestick makers, who really the hundreds of people mm-hmm. who are involved in the transaction. And the check that I hand you at closing is the same, if not significantly more, than you'd be able to get selling it yourself. Mr. Seller, why wouldn't you list the house with me? And so here's what the reaction is typically, listeners. They'll say, if you can do that, I would list the house with you. Or if you can prove to me that you'll do that, you can do that, I'll list the house with you. Or they'll say, well, I want to just give it a little bit more time. All three reactions are going to result in you getting a listing. Unless the seller is not motivated, and you guys will run across, Julie and I used to call them when we were in real estate, we used to call them social fizbos. They put their house for sale every year in the spring. They just want to make some new friends. No real intent of selling the house. You know, it is what it is. Uh, but if you, you know, you get somebody that's occasionally like that, you just, you know, God bless them and move on. Other than that, those are, th- you know, three reactions that can result following the rest of the script and you getting the listing. It's really not that much more complicated than what we're expressing to you. And obviously you want to know what the seller's motivation is, but I don't want to get into coaching mode and talk about the rest of the script. But that's that's the gist of it. That's how difficult it is. And the nice things, Bruce, about calling for sale by owners is they give you their phone number. They want to answer the phone. You know, they're <laughs> they actually do. trying to sell the house. Yeah. Whereas the expires sometimes will hide out. They're not as. But you know, it, this conversation just seems to me like such a basic, pure, honest conversation about how to. You know, you and I are talking about leads, about how to make money and help folks in real estate. But but here it is. This dogma, this belief in the real estate industry that leads are hard to find, and yet in every single market, Bruce. Agents are surrounded by for sale by owners, surrounded by expires, you know, surrounded mm-hmm. by folks Absolutely. who want to buy or sell, and yet agents are still thinking that they have to buy their leads. You've been in the business yeah. for ages. You have incredible levels of experience. Why do agents think that they have to buy leads? Help me understand that. It's because you're bombarded on a daily basis with uh, with companies that are marketing to you and telling you that you have to buy your leads. Uh, I, I am so sick of the line from and that I get at least twice a day. Someone saying, uh, so you're telling me that if I were to send you two to three new buyers every month, you wouldn't take them. And my response is, is frankly, yes. I'm telling you that if you were to, to charge me for two to three new buyers every month, I wouldn't take them because if I do the work, if I form the relationships that I'm supposed to and prospect the way that I, that I know, know to do, I'm I'm not going to need your two to three leads that you're trying to charge me for. It's well, why is it that why is it that other people aren't saying? But why is it that the brokers? That why is it that the office managers? Why isn't I know uh, in the recent Keller Williams thing? um, 
you know, Gary Keller, he actually said this, and he was the first one that I've really seen uh, at that level actually say, hey, agents, wake the heck up. Why are you buying leads from, you know, pick your portal? Why are you buying leads from this source or that source? Why are you acting like this? Why are you doing this when there's really opportunities all around you? Why would you, you know, so other than Gary and, frankly, this radio show, nobody else is really having this conversation with agents. You've been in the business long enough. What's changed? What, what, do you think, that's, you think this is just a temporary thing and it's starting to boil out and people are starting to wake up to the fact that buying leads from Zillow is kind of crazy? Or do you think this is, you think this is something completely different? I've looked at a lot of the uh, the numbers of, of various lead costs from different uh, different sources, for one, uh, because uh, there was a time when I did buy leads. So I'm not just the guy that's standing up here telling you not to buy leads with no basis for it, because I have. I've spent a lot of money on leads. And, and what I realize when I look at my, my business plan and my numbers is that uh, they're just simply not worth it. You may have an ROI, but... You know, you could end up uh, looking back, and let's let's just pick on Zillow for example, and saying, okay, I spent five thousand dollars on Zillow leads, and I I made um, seventy five hundred. But but what happens in the year that you don't make seventy five hundred on that lead? Uh, you can I can point to a lot of times when there there is a small ROI, but it it's just too small to gamble on. Um, you start to tune in and listen to the conversations that are happening around you. Take care of your clients is, is number one. Take care of your clients, and you're going to have more leads than you can handle. Well, the, the skill set that you have, Bruce, that you've, you know, hopefully come close to mastered, I'm sure you have in many ways, of picking up the phone, of working, going after your own leads, guys. I mean, listeners, please listen, okay? This is critically important. The skill set of being able to get your own business you know, you could take Bruce Hill and, frankly, thousands of our coaching clients, and you could drop them in an A market, and inside 90 days, they're going to be making significant money because they know how – they don't have to know the market or have been born in the market. They can go to the MLS. They do their research. They know how to go after the sellers that already have their hands up in the air. Why you guys are buying mm-hmm. seller leads when you're surrounded by people that literally have their hands up in the air every single day, an expired or for sale by owner, saying, hey, I need help selling my house, man. And that's not, that's not the only source, obviously. I mean, we teach you guys in the coaching program literally dozens of ways that you can find sellers that have to sell now, okay? So you can take someone like Bruce and you can drop him in any market and in a very short time, and he's done it himself, he's living proof of it that he can do this because his skill set is portable. Those of you guys who are doing a lot of lead buying, you really, I'm, and don't, and especially on Inman, guys, please don't get mad at me for saying this, but you don't have a portable skill set unless, of course, you can continue buying leads where you're going. But if all of a sudden that lead source starts to dry up, as you have all experienced, or the quality of the lead source, or the cost of the lead source, in other words, things start turning so they're not in your favor anymore, you're back with essentially having to, re- to learn the skill set like Bruce has to go after the business yourself. Learn the skills necessary so you no longer and never have to be dependent on anybody to feed you. It's not that difficult. I mean, my gosh, guys, there's only really at the end of the day maybe four scripts you have to learn to be wildly successful in real estate going after sellers. It's not that difficult. But, Bruce, again, help me, help me get at the core of this. Why is it that the agents are uh, seduced by the idea that they can just whip out their credit cards and buy leads versus actually taking the time to learn the skills. The skills are not that difficult to learn. 
but is it because nobody's telling them, or I mean, is there some sort of change in the industry I'm not aware of? I've been in my ivory tower too long. Help me understand. Well, I think I think a lot of the successful agents are holding some secrets. For one, um, uh, some of the successful agents either either are holding secrets, or they're simply not being asked. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot mm. of successful people and agents specifically, they are willing to give you the the secrets, the tricks, the scripts. Who, who to go after, but most agents are all looking for that shiny object, that silver bullet that is they're going to knock it out of the park with, and it, it, it all kind of goes back to the same basics. For me, those basics are being able to build relationships quickly and take care of the relationships that I have. Uh, we've talked about expireds. We've talked about FISBOs. Those are those fall into the build relationships and establish rapport quickly. A couple of basic scripts, and I'm not talking about memorized scripts, but internalized, are are all you really need on those. Um, beyond that, you take care of the people that you know and the relationships that you have, and they will turn into business. But you can't be scared to ask for the business either. You just have to have to know how to take care of your clients and take care of the, the friendships that you've built while in this business. You know, you said a couple of things right there. You're good at really pulling out great points. I appreciate this. So internalized versus memorized, that's something we've been saying for years. Um, and that's really important because a lot of, you know, even I, everybody, no matter how professional you are at anything, resist the idea of someone telling you to say something this exact way with no deviations, with no considerations to your personality or, you know, your particular, you know, twang or your vernacular or your whatever, right? So that doesn't work for anybody because you'll end up saying something that's not really true to yourself and you'll come off as fake and you know it. And that's the reason that people don't like to use memorized scripts. Bruce said it correctly. Internalize the script and then, you know, absolutely positively edit it for you, but don't get away from the heart of what the point of what you're at being asked to say is because then you'll lose the effectiveness of it. That was really, really powerful, that point. So, guys, those of you who have resisted the idea of using scripts, you're really just basically resisting. What you're truly resisting is your opportunity to experience high levels of success. So every single professional on the face of the earth, it doesn't, doesn't matter, you know, doctor, any, you pick any kind of astronaut, pilot, um, you know, Navy SEAL, um, whatever. You pick your professional, every single one of them, are saying the exact same thing every single day, you know, because they're using scripts. And so they're using scripts that they've internalized, uh, they've memorized them as a result of that, but then they've also personalized them. You know, when you guys are, you, you're thinking of yourselves as professionals, or you want to think of yourself as a professional, one of the key elements is basically getting your jib-jab down, knowing what to say, how to say it, knowing how to overcome objections. Again, there's not that much really to master in this industry for you to have unlimited amounts of success. It's, you know, Bruce said it correctly. A good, powerful script, it allows you to bond quickly to the person so they can see that you have sincerity. And then from there, you can get at the heart of the matter. What's their level of motivation? What's their time frame? And then you literally can start having conversations. When you go to Lions, when you're staying at Lions Starbucks today, you will, if you're listening to this show today, and if you're being present when you're standing there, you will hear real estate conversation all around you. And I don't care what market you're in in the United States. Everywhere you go, people always are going to be talking about real estate. Always. Because people always, they love real estate. Americans love to talk about it. 
tune yourself into that, participate in those conversations, and then you will start, you will no longer feel the scarcity thing. See, that's what causes you guys to buy leads. They'll call you up and they'll say, if you don't buy this whatever area, you know, so-and-so, your competitor is going to buy it and you're going to be screwed. So they constantly are selling you guys on the idea of scarcity. Well, I'm here to tell you there is no scarcity of opportunity in leads, provided that you've positioned yourself to be of service to others, and you actually do have something to offer. You do have a level of expertise. You do have a level of confidence that will attract people to you. And, guys, it's not that difficult. Honestly, it's not. I mean, you know, let's be honest, Bruce. Bruce, if you and I were like Mensa uh, scholars, neither one of us would have gotten into the real estate business. That's proof alone that you don't have to be the brightest bulb (laughs) in the box to basically be successful in real estate, right? That's the truth. That's the truth. (laughs) So, Bruce, as we round the bend on today's radio show, is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners? I mean, again, I really appreciate you being on the show. I really appreciate you being willing to say uh, a lot of things that, frankly, are not really trendy right now in the real estate industry, the truth about essentially how to be successful long-term. Anything else you'd like to say to the listeners? Remember, there's about 100,000 listening right now. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for pointing that out again. No, um, you know, (laughs) what it it really boils down to, and, and this is at the heart of the matter, is there's a lot of things that may um, appear to come natural to a high producer, and and that's just an appearance. Um, When you become and when other people look at you and and say that you're a natural at one aspect of of business or another, um, it's typically not that you're a natural. It's just that you've pushed yourself through the awkwardness uh, initially. And I I can think to a Les Brown quote that said, unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you'll never grow. There there are plenty of conversations that you're going to have with consumers, with listings, with buyers. And uh, if if you pull into a shell and don't push yourself once or twice, you're not going to form those habits that eventually make these conversations easy. Uh, You know, I, I, I know a lot of what to say to uh, consumers in this industry. And it's not because I was born with this knowledge. It's because I pushed myself to have the conversation that may have felt awkward once or twice, but eventually, very quickly, it becomes so natural. It's second nature. You don't even have to think about it. Uh, And I just encourage each of you to to push yourself through the the things that you've already mastered. Uh, Try to master something new. And, and well, don't match your buying leads. <laughs> no, thank you. I was about to say that. Very good. Uh, and, and for gosh sakes, guys, for the, the stability of your own futures, learn how to be powerful listing agents. You know, Bruce, you're an entrepreneur. You're a business guy. It it amazes me. I was on the phone yesterday with one of my neighbors. Him and his wife own a business, and the, he was explaining to me some challenge that they have, and it's like, well, you got to explain that to me like five times before I understand. It was so complicated. And then he told me how much money him and his wife were earning per year, you know, with all this this very multiple levels of this business that they have with these employees and these having to get these certifications from the government and the local and the state. And I'm like, I, I didn't say this, but I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, if this guy only knew for all the amount of time that he's spending trying to make this, you know, they have trucks and they have a facility and they have all this fixed costs, you know, and they were making – really not much more than, say, an agent earning like or selling like $5 million of real estate per year. And for like a tenth of the time, they could probably triple their income if they're selling real estate, really good, hardworking folks. Guys, real estate, your real estate license is an incredible blessing. You, many of you, take it for granted. You don't realize 
that in order for anybody, like if you buy a Chick-fil-A, another one of our neighbors owns a Chick-fil-A, and, you know, we know what they make. And they essentially, to open up that business, they had to take so much risk. They had to, you know, basically put it all on the line for, like, you know, beyond all of it. And and for what? I mean, they make, you know, about the same amount of money as an agent selling about $8 million of real estate per year. Again, same exact thing. And look at all the liability they had to take on, employees, real estate, machines, and a hell of a lot of chicken. You know, it's a Chick-fil-A after all. So, mm-hmm. guys, real estate is one of the only businesses you – it's the only business I can think of that I know of that you can get into with just the license. You don't even need a high – or you don't even – you know, you could have a – you know, you don't have to have a college degree. You can then literally make millions of dollars per year. And what does it take for you to make millions of dollars per year in most markets? Just learning what to say, having some discipline, having a business approach, staying focused on, you know, being of service to other people. This industry, this business, your real estate license, and some of you are getting your real estate licenses, some of you are veterans in the industry making millions of dollars per year already, and you know what I'm saying is true. For the rest of you, guys, stop making it so damn complicated. You've got to accept the fact that buying buyer leads is insane. Just say it what it, call it what it is, and then learn how to be a powerful listing agent. When you do that, the world tilts on its axis for you. Everything changes. It just does. And, Bruce, we've gone way over our half hour, but if, if I've motivated you to say anything inspirational so far, you've done a really great job. You can go right ahead, or we can just wrap it up. Up to you. <laughs> you're, you're okay. I, I watched the uh, clock, and I, I apologize for taking too long. <laughs> no, actually, it was me. You motivated me to say a bunch of stuff. This was a good show because you got my brain working, you know? And hopefully you and I have motivated other people to, you know, really embrace this industry for what it is. Guys, listen to the interview that we did, uh, what was it, just a couple days ago with Jonathan Smoke, the chief economist for Realtor.com. And he says and he reinforces a lot of what we've been telling you guys for years, that we are at the very beginning, yes, today, we are still at the very beginning stages of a long-term, absolutely stunningly incredible real estate market, 10, 15, 20 years, depending on where you are in the country. If you're struggling, stop struggling. I mean, honestly, you're struggling by choice at this point, especially if you've been listening to our radio show. Take the right action, guys. Do something about it to put yourself in a place where you can make the most of this incredible real estate boom. Uh, Start by going to agentmillions.com. Agentmillions.com, a lot of, you know, that's a powerful 90-minute training session. You can learn more about real estate coaching essentials. Or if there's ever anything we can do for you, please feel free to email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com. Or, of course, you can email julie Julie at timandjulieharris.com. In the meantime, Mr. Bruce Hill, I sincerely appreciate you being my co-host today. It's always wonderful um, to catch up with fantastic superstar agents like yourself. And I thank you sincerely for being my co-host today. And listeners, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Tim. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.